0: Amen. Hey, let's welcome Dave as he shares with us tonight.
1: Thank you very much. Well, he's uh, a bit loud. Just excited because there's a big glow coming from the front here. These two engage and there's just a glowing. I just was taken back. Um, Great to be here tonight. Great to be able to uh, share with you. I remember um, quite a few years ago, you may be a little bit familiar with this, but um, my uh, growing up, I was very involved in swimming, actually. And it's quite interesting because as a, as a young kid, my parents, I remember distinctly used to try and take me to swimming classes. And I actually hated the pool. Uh, I'm sort of actually back there now. I hate the pool again. But, um, but for, a, for a lot of the part of my life, um, swimming was a really big thing for me. And so as a little kid, they take me to swimming lessons and I hated it. And, but I have, I have an older brother and older sister. And my older sister in particular, she got quite involved Uh, in swimming and for whatever reason she really wanted to encourage me to get involved in it and so I think it was probably now around seven years old that she was like, you know, come to the swimming club. She was really involved in the local swimming club and things like that. Come down to the swimming club and get started. And she was trying to entice me with all sorts of different things. And she'd buy me lollies and all sorts of stuff. And I just, I didn't want a bar of it. But obviously I just had a moment of weakness. Well, seven years old, I suppose my parents just dragged me down there. But, um, but, but eventually I started to go down at seven years old and uh, get, got a little bit more involved in swimming and, and, um, and getting involved in the squad classes and things like that. Uh, But for those first couple of years, I I started to realise, oh hang on, there's a bit of a, maybe a bit of a gift or a bit of a talent uh, around this swimming aspect and by the time I hit sort of nine years old, I actually started to get really competitive uh, into swimming And my coach had uh, trained uh, a few different Olympians and she was very, you know, this was a a big thing for her, training up uh, people ultimately, her her desire and her passion as a coach is to train up people that would uh, one day go to Commonwealth Games or Olympics or whatever. And so I got started to get pretty involved in this squad that uh, trained uh, quite significantly around that. And so like I said, around nine years old, all of a sudden I got really engaged in it, really engaged in it. And uh, I started to compete and started to go to districts and, and uh, regionals and then states and things like that. And I distinctly remember one year going to my first states and competing. There. And I made, I made a final of the first states. And I remember seeing uh, some, some of the kids in my age bracket in the particular event that I was competing in, going up to get their medals and things like that. And I remember saying to my mum, mom, next year, I want to be on the podium. And uh, I started to get really involved in it, started training a lot. I started training about 11 sessions a week and, and uh, it was like every morning and every afternoon and I'd get up, every morning, from nine years old, I'd get up at 4.30 a.m. every morning, go down the pool, sorry, not Sunday morning, Sunday morning was off, uh, but go, go down the pool, be down there according to five and be in the pool just before five o'clock and that became my life from sort of nine years old up until probably around 16, uh, yeah, probably around 16 when I decided uh, I didn't wanna do it anymore and uh, But I was, I was consumed by it and I lived and I breathed it. And if anybody was to kind of look at my life through that season, just go, uh, you know, what, what is David most passionate about? What is he living for? Like, it would be so obvious that swimming was a really big part of my life, that, that it was key, it was priority for me. And I was such a goal setter as well in the midst of that. Uh, so I would just set these goals. I okay, go, this is what I wanna achieve. And I would go after it. And I'd really uh, just seek that out and go after it. And so, like I said, this was a huge part of uh, my my life and my season. I I became a Christian at 18 and a half, but honestly, before that, the only thought, the only thing I could think about of the purpose of life or any sort of meaning of a life was, you know, you just got to become famous or you got to become really wealthy, and then you'll be a successful person. That's it. So that was like my whole goal. I got to make it in swimming. And then even when I quit swimming, I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Like, I can't be a nobody. I've got to be famous, right? So I'll just take up tennis. And then all of a sudden I had new goals. I'm going to go to the Australian Open. I'm going to go to the US Open and all these sorts of things. But I was consumed. There was this, if anyone asked, what is David into? What is what he pursuing? What is he seeking most in his life? That was it because it just was everything uh, to me. And I just, I just wondered tonight as we kind of move into a whole new year and as, as we kind of reflect I feel like there's a New Year's message, it's not, I know, but we're a few weeks in. But, but it, just, it just got me thinking, if someone was to kind of look at your life from the outside in, and maybe if you were just to take, say, uh, the last six months or the last 12 months of your life, And they were to kind of look in and assess your life and and have a look at what you are most passionate about. And if someone was to ask that person, when you look at this person's life and all that they're involved in, all that they're pouring their money into, all that they're pouring their resources into, all that they're pouring their time into, someone would say that you are seeking most in your life. Like, what would that be? For me at that season in my life, I think people would say, oh, swimming is everything. Like that's his goals, it's his pursuit, it's everything that he is seeking. But if someone, if you were to assess your life over the last 12 months, what would somebody say about your life? Would it be something about your business, something about your career, your studies, the pursuit that I need to get this job, I need to get this career path, like this is priority to me. Would they say, I think they're pretty passionate about this career that they're on board with. Would it be something around finances? Would it be something around investments? Would it be something around relationships? They, They are seeking that person. Uh, would it be something about, I don't know what it is, but what is it for you? Is there something that someone say, I think this is priority. I think that is what they are seeking most. And the interesting thing is the Bible indicates that, hey, Jesus is speaking here and he's saying, you, you wanna experience like fullness of life because let's be honest, like this is our heart and this is our desire, isn't it? Like We wanna have a heart that's full. We wanna live a life that is, is full a life that that is is incredible and amazing. We wanna live that way. And Jesus says these interesting words. He says, hey, if if you wanna experience life and life to the full, seek first, not the things of this world, not, not career and not money and investments and relationships and all these things, although they are good things, but if you're gonna seek anything first in your life, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what you should seek. That's what you should pursue. And, and, and when you do that, all these things will be added unto you. And I just wonder tonight that as you reflect back, maybe over the last six months or 12 months, and someone was to look at your life, would they say that is exactly what they are seeking? There, is, there can be no doubt about it. I know this person and I know what they're pursuing. I know what they're seeking. And it's the kingdom of God. There can be no confusion around that. That's what it is. If there's anything inside of you that thinks, oh, I'm not sure if that person would say that because there is such a pursuit in this area or there's such a pursuit in this other area in my life. And and you know what? I don't just think this is for you. I think it's for all of us. I think the temptation to be consumed and trapped and, and, and drawn in by the things of this world is so, so easy. And yet it's so fascinating because these are the very things that actually pull us away from life and life to the full. And yet it's so easy to be drawn into the things of this world. But God says to you and he says to me, he says, I want, because, you know why? Because he loves you. That's why. Because he loves you so much, he says, I want you to, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God. I want you to seek first my kingdom and his righteousness. Why? Because when you do that, when you do that, you'll experience life, an extraordinary life, like life to the full. I don't want you to dabble in the things of this world because it'll always let you down. It'll always let you down. Some of you are here tonight. You don't even, you never even step foot into church. you are being dragged along or pulled here or you're watching online. And there is something in your heart that says, I need, that's just the life that I'm leading is not working. And he's inviting you in. He's inviting you in to say, I can give you the life that your soul is so hungry for. I can give you the life. Jesus is saying, I can give you the life that your soul is so thirsty for. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I just wonder if you were to reflect back, is that the reality of your life over the last little while? And if it's not, you'll know the areas because it's that challenge, it will just bring it up, that challenge where he goes, it, it, it's that, it's, just, it's something else, whatever it might be. But he's inviting you in to say, reprioritize Reprioritize your life centred around me so that then you can experience life and life to the full. You see, this is, he wants to change and transform us from the inside out. But the question is, are you willing? Do you want that? Because I'm absolutely convinced that God's all in. Like there's no question about it. He wants your life and he wants to give you life. He's all in. There's no question around that. But do you want it? Do you want it? Maybe for you, it's a business or career and Maybe you've heard it before. I remember a friend of mine and, uh, running a business for, and he still runs business, but running a business for uh, 10 years or so. And was just, he just realised, he got to a point in his life where he pulled into the car park of his business one day and he was tired, exhausted and worn out, burnt out. And he had this question in his mind is, where is the fruit? Where's the fruit? i mean, pursuing this business and pushing this business. And where's the, where's the fruit of God's hand on my life and through this business and whatever I'm pursuing here? And he just realised that this business is my God. I think about it when I go to bed at night. I think about it as the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning is this business and it just consumes my every single day. And th- this isn't life. This isn't living to all its fullness. God must have something more. And he realised I need to reprioritise my life. And maybe for you it's business or a career path. Maybe it's certain financial investments. You find yourself constantly seeking out the shares that I put money into or or housing investments or or, or cryptocurrency or whatever it is. And you're riding this volatile wave daily being, oh no, what's going to happen next? Or where should I put my money next? And it's consuming your life. And you realise this is like a God in my life. Jesus says, hey, I've got a better life. I have a better life for you. Seek first me, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, he says, and and I will give you a fuller, more refreshing life. Where is it that you spend your money or your resources or your time? Is it sports or a hobby? Are you concerned about your health? Maybe it's a gym, maybe consumed by appearance, what you wear, what you look like. And, And it's really become your everything and you look at your time. If you're to look at your schedule, open your diary and look at how much time you spend uh, thinking about and dwelling on and pursuing these things, you realise, man, I spend more time on this than pursuing the kingdom of God. And yet I believe and I sing about it and I, and, and, and I, I pursue these things and I say, God, you, you're number one and you're Lord of my life. But then our lives look radically different to what we say. And, and I get it and, and I, it, it's a challenge to me. I, I know this is, this is tough because we're consumed by this all the time, but, but God wants more for your life. I just, I just believe it. He just wants more for your life. Maybe it's to do with your phone or social media. This is massive today in our culture. I know at times in Connect Group before, we've, you know, you jump on your phone. I, I know how to do it on the iPhone. I don't know about other phones. But on the iPhone, you can go into your productivity and you look at your day and, and where, where you've spent time on apps or, or, or your week and what you've spent most time on. And if you look at that on social media, Facebook, you know, an hour and Instagram, two and a half hours and uh, the Bible lab three minutes. And, and, uh, and you know, look, where, where is your time going? Is there something in there you go and you realise, you know what? I'm spending what, three hours a day on social media? What could happen? What could happen in my life? What could happen in the spiritual realm if maybe I devoted even half of that time to prayer or devoted half that time to reading God's Word or whatever? What could God do in me? What could God do in the lives around me? What could God do in this community? If I started to devote and reprioritize my time centred around the kingdom of God, what could happen? And I'm just convinced that God's saying to you and he's saying to me, like I love you so much and I just want your life. I want you because I have so much more for you. And how sad to think that we are living a life so below the, the life that God has for us. There's a quote by William Temple that says, your religion is what you think about in your solitude or your religion, or you could put it this way, your religion is what you do in your solitude. When you have those moments of, of just a moment to yourself or a break where you think, I've got spare time for me and I can literally do anything. Is there this hunger or this thirst inside of you that says, I'm just gonna open God's Word, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna spend time with Him, I'm gonna sit in the quietness and the stillness of God in this moment? Or is your first response, I just open up the phone or go on social media or, or, or just do whatever you wanna do? Or is there something that says, no, I need to, I need to prioritise God. Your, your religion is what you think about in your life. Solitude, And I came across this passage and again, it just centers around this concept of God, uh, of of us, God wanting us to see him. And in Deuteronomy four, it says, uh, to give you some context here, God is speaking to the people of Israel saying, hey, I I want you to, I wanna be your king. I wanna be your God. I want you, uh, I I want, you know, God saying, I want you to be everything. And, and, and you know, later we read about the Israelites wanting a king and he's saying, don't, don't ask for a king because you'll start worshipping following that person over me. I want to be your king. And it says this in Deuteronomy 23, so powerful, but it says, Be careful not to forget the covenant of the Lord your God that He made with you. Do not make for yourselves an idol in the form of anything. The Lord your God has forbidden. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. In other words, he's jealous for your life. He loves you and he values you so much. He's he's for you. This is his heart. He doesn't want you to dabble in. He doesn't want you to get consumed by by the gods of this world, by things of this world. He says, I want to be number one in your life. And I get it. It's such a massive temptation for us. But He says, no, make sure you prioritize me as first, seeking me first. Skipping down to verse 28, there you will worship man-made gods or of wood and stone, which cannot see or hear or eat or smell. It's ridiculous when you think about it. we we consume by things of this world that is, it is literally no comparison, comparison to the creator of the universe. And yet we still go to these things for contentment. We still go to these things for joy. We still go to these things to be filled up with our souls. And God must be, and He's such a gracious God. But there are times I just, so often I've prayed recently, God, just forgive me. I'm so sorry that I've looked at things of this world instead of you. You must be there going, why did you pursue that? Like, I'm the creator. I know what's best for your life. I know what's best for your life. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. It's a promise from God that if you, if you seek Him, you'll find Him. When you're in distress and all these things have happened to you, then in later days you will return to the Lord your God and obey Him. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your ancestors which were confirmed to them by oath. Hear God, this is a, this is a great message. Hear God saying to you, He's saying, listen, like, if you pursue me, you'll experience life and life to, to, to the full. Seek me. And when you do, you will find me. Like, it's a promise. And it's, it's written throughout the New Testament as well. God promising, if you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. You'll find me. Extraordinary promise. And I get it that it's, it's not always easy. I just feel like lately God's just, again, just being challenged. I preached on this actually last Sunday morning, just preached on where is our treasure? Where is it's just something I feel like God's been challenging me so, uh, so much of lately, and I'm so thankful for it. And I realize that there's been seasons in my life where there's been seasons where I felt so on fire and pressing into God and seasons where I haven't felt like that. And just again, I just, I, just, I don't know. I'm just gripped by the sense that God has more. and I, I, want, I want to know what it's like. I want, I want to know more of Him. And I just hope there's something in you that says, yeah, I'm in as well. Like, I want to know what that's like. I want to experience the fullness of God in my own heart and in my own life. I want to experience what he can do in me, but through me as well. I'm convinced Isaiah ten twelve. 12, actually, I think, um, I can't remember it exactly, but just reading it yesterday, it's this word, just talking about just, just uprooting and, and plowing through the hardened soil and turning it up so that He can plant seeds in our hearts. And it's, it's this imagery of God just wanting to turn up the hardness of our hearts and saying, I've got more. I wanna fill your heart, but would you open up your life, open up your heart to me so that I can fill it, so that I can fill it. I think there's something that we need to ruthlessly eliminate things that are preventing us from drawing closer to God. And you know what those things are. But as you sit here tonight and you listen, God, just God willing, there's something that God is knocking on the door of your heart saying, you know what that is, that thing that you, you need to just reprioritize is the right word really, reprioritizing in your life. Is there something you know that you're consumed by, that you sit on the lounge or you're flicking through Instagram, it's just consuming time. And God says, let go of that, delete that, up. do whatever you need to do, do whatever you need to do. But just reprioritize. start reprioritizing your life around me so that you can experience more of me in your life. There's a quote that says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And when we do that, there is no need to seek any other kingdom. Then we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, there's no need to seek any other kingdom. Why? Because that's fullness of life. That's fullness of life. And so we need to start to prioritise and rethink what are we gonna, what are we gonna be consumed by? What are we gonna think about? We're we gonna be thinking about the kingdom of God and all that God has in store for our lives. Are we just gonna be consumed and let the world just, just consume our lives? Philippians 4.8, it says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I'm challenged by that because I think about all the things I think about is the kingdom of God, the the key thing that I think about. It's such a challenge for me. And I get it that it's so easy and it's so, it happens so quickly. We start being consumed by the things of this world and and, and we prioritize things of this world. It 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 just consumes us so easily. It consumes us so quickly. And and I realise I'm guilty of that so often in my own life. I recently, um, I just caught up with some, um, this is kind of sort of after schoolies and after Red Frogs, and earlier at the start of the year, this year, just as a bit of a core team, we caught up afterwards and um, as a bit of a debrief from schoolies and all that sort of thing. And the meeting was at a, a friend of mine uh, at his place. And I drove to his house and when I rocked up, there was a few people that were already there. And as I came, uh, walked up the driveway, there was this Tesla parked in the driveway. I thought, oh, wow, like, whose car is this? And I thought to myself, I must be in the wrong house, but checked the, check the number, I was the right house, and I walked in, and, and everyone was there, and I walked in, and I said, my good, like, is that someone's, whose Tesla's out there? Like, well, what's to go here? And uh, another, uh, one of my friends said, oh, yeah, that's, that's, our, that's our Tesla, him and his wife were there, and said, oh, yeah, that's our Tesla, we, we, we got it not too, too long ago, and I thought, oh, wow, like, Okay, well, all right. And he goes, Yeah, more than happy to show you it or whatever. I said, I don't know if I should, you know, because, you know, if I go have a look at it, then I'll probably want one, you know. So I said, I, I, don't, know if I, I don't know if I want to have a look. He said, No, I'm like, just come and have a look at it. And anyway, we did a bit of a meeting to catch up and all those sort of things. And then afterwards, he said, Oh, I'll, I'll show, you the, show you the car. I said, Yeah, I must admit, I'm intrigued. I want to have a look at it. You know, I've never seen in one or anything like that. I've heard a little bit about him. And I'm not a big car person, but I heard a little bit about him. And he goes, Yeah, sure. And he pulls out his phone. He goes, Oh, I'll just cool it down a little bit, you know. So he pulls out his phone and he turns the car on from his phone. I'm like, oh, right, okay. So he turns the car on. He goes, oh, and he's got the temperature on his phone. He can pretty much, you know, drive the thing from his phone, like a remote control car or something. And, um, and so he gets out his phone. And he goes, oh, I'll just cool it down a little bit. So he turns the aircon down in the car. He goes, oh, it's this temperature at the moment. We'll just turn it down a little bit. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so after a little bit, we go outside. And we go outside and he's showing me around the car. And I think, this thing's incredible. Like, The car's amazing. He goes, I'll sit in, I'll take you for a drive. I think, oh, okay. So we get in the car and he's showing me all the features and he's showing me all this thing. I mean, the screen alone is like your TV at home. It's sitting on the car dash, you know, it's like, it's unbelievable. And so we sit in the car and it's just so nice. It's the glass and just sunroof and just all these features. And I'm thinking, okay. And so he goes, look, I'll, I'll take you for a drive. So he takes me for a drive and it's so quiet and... And he goes, the thing's amazing. It can pretty much drive itself. And I'm like, oh, okay, so, we'll show us that. So we start driving down the road. And he goes, yep, yeah, pretty much self-driving. So he just pulls his feet up, crosses his leg on the seat, takes his hands off the wheel. The thing just drives itself down the road. And we start coming up to a bend. I'm like, surely it's not just gonna go around the bend. He goes, absolutely. It was not touching the wheel. It just drives around the bend. It just goes up to the light. Like, it, it's incredible. And I was blown away at this thing, thinking, this, this car's amazing. And so we we pull around and we start to drive back a little bit. He goes, all right, now it's your turn to drive. And I think, oh, no, I don't want to drive it because I'll just want one. He goes, no, just jump in. I said, mate, I do not want to crash this thing. He goes, no, you can't crash it. You can't crash, you won't crash. And uh, and I'm thinking, okay. So we get in the car and... uh, And, oh, that's right. Before that, he goes, oh, it's got incredible pickup as well. Like the pickup's amazing. I'm like, oh, okay. So so we pull over the side of the road and then we come out and there's no cars or whatever. And he just launches this thing. And I'm pinned to the seat. Like the the speed in there is incredible. I feel like i got a whiplash on my neck, you know. And, uh, and, And I couldn't stop laughing. It was so fast. I was just laughing and laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. It was so fast. And he goes, have a drive. So I jump in and I start driving this thing and I'm just thinking, this is incredible. And the speed and everything. I felt so, I felt car sick for two hours afterwards because it was just so fast. And, uh, and so I drove it back and we drove back to my mate's house and I pulled in and I just thought, something. you know what I thought? I thought, I need a Tesla. That's what I need. <laughs> That's what I need in my life. But you know, you know what? Before I got in that bloomin' car, I was content with the car I drive. I thought it was a great car. Not anymore, I need a Tesla. That's what I need for my life. And so I go back inside and I'm sick as, because it's too fast. So yeah, don't get one, you'll get car sick. But, um, but I, I got back in my car and I was driving home and I'm thinking, we're gonna get a Tesla. Like that's, and I, I'm a greenie at heart, so I'm thinking this will be amazing, no fuel. And I'll, you know I'll get some solar panels on the house and we'll just charge the thing. This is gonna be amazing. And I'm driving home thinking, I'm going to tell Raquel where buying buying a Tesla. I get home and I said, Raquel, you wouldn't read about what I just drove. She goes, oh, what? She said, I drove a Tesla. And I said, getting, we need to buy one. Like, they're amazing. They're incredible. All of a sudden, my car sucked now. Like, I thought it was great. But all of a sudden, I get in this and I think, my car sucks. Why? Because, because this is just what happens. There's always something better. And we look at the things in this world and we think, oh, this is so much better. And when we start to just think about these other things, we just think, we, we become consumed by it. And no word of a lie, I started to get on car sales that night, look up, te- I'm looking for a cheap Tesla at the moment. <laughs> now, it turns out there's not too many around, cheap ones anyway. Uh, uh, and so, but I, this, is, this is what I thought, because I'm like, you know, this is what I need. This is what I need. And God says, don't, don't be consumed by, don't, don't fill your life up with the things of this world. Fill it up with my righteousness. Fill it up with my kingdom. And you won't be let down because see, there'll be always something better, won't there? We, we fill our minds, we fill our hearts with things of this world and there's always something better, always something better. And he says, don't, don't be focused on those things. Focus on my kingdom and my righteousness and you'll never, you'll never be dissatisfied with me. I, I can fill the, the, the deepest longings of your heart because why? Because there's a God-shaped hole in all of us and he's the answer. He's the one. He is the answer. He's the answer to our lives. He's the one. Jesus says this as well in Matthew 6. He says, He says this. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will He not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry, don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And Jesus goes on to say, but seek. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And how true is that in our society and culture at the moment? There's worries and there's concerns and there's fears and there's situations that are going on in your life. There's all sorts of worries. And Jesus says, hey, don't be consumed by these things. Focus your heart, your mind, your soul, every part of your being on the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's a promise from Him. And I just wanted tonight, come on, let's be real. Just, let's just get real for a moment with God and say, God, If I was to assess my life in the last 12 months, are you absolutely, fundamentally priority in my life? Or let's be honest do I spend more time on social media, more time watching television, more time watching movies, more time obsessed with relationships, more time looking at financial uh, investments, more time around career or whatever. Now, I'm not saying these things are bad in itself, but it's when they become priority over God that He says, no, you've allowed that to be God rather than me. And He says, I want you to reprioritize those things in your heart and in your life. Why? Because He wants to revive and awaken your heart and bring fullness to life. And until we start to prioritise these things and prioritise, the kingdom of God first and His righteousness, then we'll never experience the revival and the awakening that God wants to do in our hearts. That's the reality. That's the reality. There's a quote that says, we often seek to pleasure ourselves first. Actually, it's by Billy Graham, what a man. He says, we often seek to pleasure ourselves first instead of God. And what's interesting is that when we seek to please God first, very often we discover that in the end, uh, that we end up far more pleased than, when we, uh, than we did when we put ourselves first. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> in essence, so often we, yeah. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And I, I, I just know there's been times with that in my own life and times I thought, oh, I just want to do, I just want to do what I want to do. Like, you know what that's like. Look, at the core of our heart, we're, we're naturally, there's a selfishness in us. In the core of our hearts, we just want to do what we want to do. There are times when, you know, uh, it's late, maybe on a Monday night or whatever, and I think, oh, I could go out to one of our university colleges and connect with some students or whatever. I think, you know, it's a, it's a Monday, it's my night off. I could, just, I could just go to bed or actually I don't like going to bed that much, so maybe not, but I could just, I could just do something else or whatever. And, and, and I remember distinctly one night just thinking, oh, should I? I shouldn't go. It was about 9.30 at night thinking, it'd just be easy to just stay home. I remember one night just going, no, I'm just going to go. I'm gonna, I want to prioritize your kingdom. I don't want to just do what I want to do. I want to prioritize your kingdom. And this is just one of a few stories that I can think of. But but, but, I'm not knowing what's going to unfold. But I remember just one night going out and by the time I get there and find a park in the city or whatever and walking in to one of our colleges about 10 o'clock at night. I remember just sitting on this one night thinking, I don't know, you know, is there anything really going to unfold out of this? And I came in and... I look over one of our young ads is sitting with one of the uni students and the Bible's open. I'm like, oh, what's going on over here? You know? I go and sit down, and and here's this young uni student's just got all these questions about the Bible, and they're reading the Bible together. And I remember sitting going, this is awesome. And we started to share a little bit and talk about the Bible. And, and he started to tell me this uni student's learning. And I remember just going, This is awesome. Like this is this is literally the best thing I could have done tonight. And what a shame. Like what a shame if I just thought, no, I'm just gonna prioritize what I want to do and just stay at home and do. Probably just, you know, waste away my time. I remember driving home that night just going, that was the best use of my time. Like that, that was such a, I'm so glad I did that. I'm so glad I prioritised God over what I wanted to do in that moment. And I drove home just feeling refreshed and energising and wow, God, thank you for that little opportunity. And how sad to think that we could, we could miss so many more opportunities because we prioritise ourselves over the kingdom of God. So I don't know. I just wonder if there's something in you. Surely there's there's something in you that just thinks, yeah, you know, after I was to be honest and assess my life, I, I know I prioritise so many other things over the kingdom of God. And I just want to, I don't know how to say it any better. I just, I just want to urge you. I just plead with you, really. Would you be willing to prioritise the kingdom of God in your life over the things of this world? Like, this is the it's just such a challenge for me at the moment and I'm just wrestling with this going, God, this is what I want and I know I don't always get it right, but I really want this in my life and in my heart. I just can't help but think like life's short. Life's a vapor. We get this little tiny window, don't we? This little tiny window that God's given us and then we go to eternity forever. We can't even, it's hard to get our head and minds around that, but we're going home soon. Like we're going home soon and what a waste. What a waste to get at the end of our lives and think, oh my gosh, I spend so much time focusing on the things that are literally are going to get burnt up and minimal amount of time in the kingdom of God. What a complete waste of time. Don't waste your life. Let's not waste our lives consumed by the things of this world, but let's pursue Him and His righteousness and see what God might do in and through us. See what He might do in this community as He uses us as we say, okay, God, just, just plow the hardness of my heart. Bring up the stuff. Show me what it is in my heart that you need to just reprioritize, and help me to do it, God. Because you know what? We're weak and it's hard and it's tough and it's just it's this battle that, that rages. But let's not succumb to this battle But say, God, I need you and I need you to help me in this. And part of the ways is not just giving up some of these things in our life, but replacing them. It's like somebody wants to lose weight. Don't just not eat. you will dead set die. Like you've got to eat something. So what you need to do is replace it with something else. Replace it with good food. So don't just say, okay, I'm gonna give up these things. Replace it with Him. Say, okay, I'm gonna get rid of some of this stuff that's taking up time in my life and I'm gonna prioritise it with reading the Bible, praying, getting in connect group, joining a corporate prayer meeting, whatever you need to do that's gonna help you prioritise the kingdom. Replace those things with Him. And I'm absolutely convinced that fundamentally prayer and uh, reading God's Word is so key. I know I harp on about it, but, but to grow spiritually, I think these are absolutely fundamental in your life. If you're not in a corporate prayer meeting, I just encourage you, would you be willing to say, okay, like, like honestly, how much time do you spend on your phone or work or sleep or whatever it is all week? How much time do you spend in a corporate prayer meeting, say? How much time a week? For for some of us, maybe for me, it could be zero. For for some of you, it could be, okay, half an hour. It, it's, and I'm challenged by this as well. And I struggle with prayer. That's why I just commit to a corporate prayer meeting. That's why I commit to praying with others because I struggle with it. Or how how much time do you spend reading the Bible every day? How much time do you read read text messages and social media things and, and news and all that sort of stuff? How much time are you in His Word every day? Just say to yourself, maybe tonight, say, God, I just wanna start with five minutes a day. Five minutes a day reading your Word. And do that consistently and you'll begin to be changed from the inside out. And you know what I encourage you? You know, people talk about having a comfortable chair that you sit at in home. Don't get a comfortable chair. Why? Because I just fall asleep in it. I struggle with this. I literally feel like God's told me to just stand up reading the Bible now. Because He's like, you fall asleep, David. Like you just fall asleep reading the Word. So I just got to gotta stand up now. But, but, but just deciding in your heart, deciding in your heart. Hey, that I'm going to reprioritize. I'm going to I'm going to commit to a prayer meeting. I'm going to commit to reading God's word, so that I can just experience the fullness of God. And I just I don't know. I just want to urge you. Would you be willing? Would you be willing to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you? Let's not let's not do another year or another few months, or or just being consumed and gripped by the things of this world. But let's be gripped by His kingdom and by Him, Father. We thank you uh, for your word and I don't know I'm just convinced that you're speaking to people here tonight and I always struggle with you know I just wrestle God just with with that sense of I don't know just just wanting you to speak and wanting you to uh, to move in people's hearts great God and I I know my limitations I know there's nothing I can say that will will impact their hearts it's only by the spirit of you great God and and I just pray that there's something about your Word, Father, that might challenge us and change us tonight and impact us in a way, Father God, that you'd, you wouldn't let us go, I suppose, that, but you'd grip our hearts in a way that says, come on, come on, reprioritize, reprioritize your life and your time and your resource, and your money, reprioritize to do a new work. I just believe from the bottom of my heart that this is so critical for us in order to experience the revival and the waking that we need like we we need to be revived it starts with my heart starts with our hearts we need to be revived and awakened god you know my heart because the stuff i've been praying and the things you've been challenging me on but i just don't want to i just i just don't want to I don't wanna be just consumed by the things of this world. I wanna know You in a deeper way and I wanna know the fire in my heart for You, like that deep fire, that deep passion. It's like Jeremiah, God, and your word Jeremiah says he's consumed. It says, he says it's like a fire in my bones. Unless I, or consuming, unless I speak this out, I will die. And I just pray, it just makes me think, what could you do with a body of people? What could you do with a group of people with a hunger and a passion and a thirst like that in their hearts, deep within their soul that says, I, I, I'm just, I'm all on about God. That's what I want. That's what I want. Hating sin and fearing God, hating sin and hungering after God, pursuing Him, what could you do? And God, I just pray, God, I just want you to just move in your heart. God, as we sing these words, let's pray that we'll be moved in our hearts. I just, as we sing these words, great God, I just pray that we'll respond to You, that You'll identify those things that we need to reprioritize or get rid of for that matter and that we'll worship wholeheartedly saying, okay, God, help me, that we'll respond to You in this moment. So we thank You, God, that You're a God who speaks. Your Word's so powerful and uh, we just pray This would be more than a message, but this would be a transformation that would start to take place in our hearts and our lives this week. We thank You, Lord, and we praise You and we commit these things to You in Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Let's jump up on our feet. And in a way, like I prayed, I really just, I wanna invite you, really. I don't know what it is for you, but if there's something that God has spoken to you about, that in this song, it's really between you and God, in this song, I just want you to invite you to respond to Him and say, okay, God, I know this, this area. There's this, this thing. I need to let go of it. I need to reprioritize. I need to get rid of it in my life. And I just pray that in this song that you would pray to Him, seek Him on that and say, God, help me in that. And that you would uh, respond to God. We're gonna sing these words, um, these, these um, powerful words, um, which I've had a mind blank on, but they are powerful words. Um, and I told Travis to sing the song, but it's so powerful. So we worship our great God. Um, yeah, let's do that. Let's worship Him.
2: it claimed its victory the king of love had given up his life the darkest day me.
0: awesome. I actually heard uh, Twig's message at the 4pm and uh, as, as he was speaking, I, um, I, I felt really like the response for tonight was, uh, for, for us at the end anyway, the, res- the, the way that I think I thought we could respond uh, is actually by just ha- having a moment where we, we just come before God in our own individual hearts and pray and, and let, Him, uh, let Him by His Holy Spirit convict our hearts and they did this thing at the Keswick Conference in about the 1800s. After most messages, they just have a time of complete silence where, where people would wrestle with God. Uh, uh, Amy Carmichael describes it that, that, that they would be wrestling, that there'd be a whole room full of people in complete silence coming before God and saying, God, um, I, I need you to, to come and grab a hold of my heart. And so I wonder if we can just do that now, Ben, if we can just have a moment of silence uh, here in this room and, and we just I wanted to just allow you in this time it's going to be a few minutes it's going to be about five minutes. I just want you to to come before God in your heart and to let him convict you by your by His holy Spirit let him reveal to you his beauty and, uh, and and see what comes of that and and pray to him so let's let's do that now yeah. Loving Heavenly Father, we know that it's it's not a song that you require from us. It's not some sense of of some sort of words or anything like this, Lord. You want our hearts. You want our our very person. Father, I do get a sense. I do get a sense that you're calling us tonight. Calling many people and you're saying, Hey, I want you to come and, and come with me and, and turn from where you are, leave where you are at the moment. And I just pray, Lord, that that as you're calling, as you're inviting, Father, that you would find soft hearts. Oh, Lord, that we wouldn't we wouldn't resist you, we wouldn't harden our hearts like we read of people doing in scriptures, Lord. That as you're speaking to us now, as you're saying, this is what I want you to do, Lord, that you would, ref- you would find people who will obey that. Not, not knowing the, the end or where it ends or what's meant to come of that, but trusting you, Father. Trusting you. Believing on you that you are good. That you want what is best for us. And that you will lead us into life but you do need you need us to say yes Lord you need our our wills you need our obedience and so I just pray Lord we we wouldn't leave this place father with a sense of um, that would that was a good night (laughs) father I pray we would leave this place with just a determination to say Jesus I want to obey you and I I want to follow you And I want to turn from these things that are are clogging my vision of you right now. That are distracting me from you. These idols in my life, I want to turn from them. I do believe, Lord, that if you will find a responsive people, that you will pour out your spirit upon us. And so that's what we pray for, Father, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Your, your spirit a spirit of love. A spirit of genuine love, Lord. That we would love you and love others, that we wouldn't work towards that, but, but that truly would arise in our hearts, Father. Because it would be birthed of God, not birth of man. And so, Father, we we just humble ourselves in your presence. We 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 struggle to even find the words. We struggle even to find the words, but we believe that even in this moment, you are interceding on our behalf. You are praying for us. And that's that's very powerful for us to know that Jesus, you, our Lord, our master, you're praying on our behalf. And so things will begin to shift in our lives as we give you our obedience. And so I pray, Lord, that that would happen in us. God, how we desire you. God, my heart desires you. We desire to see you. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So we look to you tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Hey, whatever God's called you to do tonight, you head out and do that this week uh, in full faith and confidence in Him. We're gonna have dinner now as well, but it's great being, having with, you, uh, being with us uh, together tonight, also online. I pray you've been blessed as well. We'll see you again next week.